Hey guys, this is Josh. And this is James. And this is... Well, I never... Never! (laughs) The podcast where we watch movies that you probably have seen. But we haven't. Um, And then so we watch them. And then usually we just end up drinking whiskey and then kind of talk some shit about them at the end. Yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) I guess the premise behind it is that there are those movies that like permeate popular consciousness that you kind of know about. And it doesn't even matter if you've seen them or not. You're like, oh yeah, that movie, it's about this and this thing happens and this one line or this one quote everybody kind of knows and it doesn't matter if you've seen it so we're kind of filling in the gaps in our personal knowledge and seeing is this movie any good is it any bad would we recommend it probably not yeah by large no no we would not recommend but you know there's always another day there's always another movie exactly and speaking of things that we've never done in addition to watching today's movie we have never had a special guest star and today we have a very special guest star today is greg so greg is our masterful audio engineer he makes a sound less crazy and edits out edits out all of the cat meows and like murderous screams and all the other things that have been happening in the background of my loft. In I mean, recording. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm getting the crazy edit. I think he's just <laughs> typing in. He's just cutting out all the things where I go crazy. And when I start throwing coffee cups at your head, yeah. um, they they all make it in for some reason. Well, and all the ones where you do it to me, they're excised. I mean, I give, <laughs> I send Greg a check every month and it is working out exactly as I planned. So I have the little uh, Tweety birds every time you talk to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to make a, really great CBS reality show villain, you know, giving the, the villain, the villain edit that I'm getting in right now. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. So today we have a really amazing movie to watch. Yeah. Well, let's do a little backstory. So like it's summer, it's middle of July. And mm-hmm. you know, when you think about movies and you think about summer. Yeah. Like summer blockbusters, there's usually like one to two big ones every summer. Um, the summer is going by pretty fast and pretty furious, if you ask oh, me. Oh, so. that was a good lead-in. That was a good lead-in. <laughs> so, uh, for the dense people out there, and I include myself in that category, what, what are you getting at, Josh? Like, what sort of movie are we going to so see? So, we are going to, for the very first time, enjoy uh, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. I haven't seen any of them whatsoever, so I don't even care which one we start with. Uh, but I... <laughs> Tokyo Drift was recommended to me this morning by a very wise Trader Joe's employee who was ringing me up and I was telling him about the podcast and was thinking, hey, you know, maybe today will be the day for a Fast and Furious movie. It's a summer blockbuster. And he like dropped everything. He's like, oh my God, wait until you get to Tokyo Drift. Um, And so I was saying, I don't know if that is a good recommendation or a bad recommendation. Like, oh my God, like you're going to love it. It's fantastic. Or, oh my God, it's so terrible. It'll be seared into your mind or maybe some combo. We're going to find out. Either way, it was enough to make a grown man drop an entire plastic container of uh, some more chocolate treats. Ooh, also I've got snacks for us. Ooh, um, all right. uh, as he was telling me about how we have to see it. So, yeah. So quick r- uh, round Robin, uh, Greg, like what's your experience with this film franchise? Have you seen any of them? Do you like them or not? I, I've seen, I think the first four, I, oh, believe, wow. I believe there are uh, 25 of them now um, <laughs> <laughs> and counting. Yes. Uh, I was uh, young and impressionable and didn't know what I was doing. So, uh, I thought, you know what? These, they're part of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Like I need to. I need to experience some of them. So I got through about four. Absolutely. Before I before I gave up. Have you seen? You haven't seen Tokyo Drift yet, though, have you? I have. You yes. have. Okay. Yes. It's been it's been a while. 
but yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> I'm sure it's a very complex it's, plot, so thank yes. you for not giving away any spoilers. Yeah, yeah it's a doozy. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, since you've already seen it, Greg, um, James, what is your prediction for the plot of the movie? Okay, so my experience with Fast and Furious is I saw the first one, but the first one came out in the early 2000s. We're talking 15 plus years ago. And it did not register. I'm a complete blank. Like I was saying earlier before we started recording that like my memory consists almost solely of trailers for the next Fast and Furious movie. You're like, oh, wait, so The Rock's in it now, but he's like gone native. He was FBI, but now he's with the car. So I don't really know anything because Tokyo Drift, from what I know, is like the outlier. It doesn't really fit in with like the rest of the family. It gets rid of like a big chunk of the re- recurring cast and it's in a place they never go back to again. And so Tokyo <laughs> Drift, I, I know is like the drift is the, the style of driving the car or the technique where they, they drift. Don't ask me for any follow-up information. They basically do none. fancy parallel parking, right? At going like 70 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you ever played Mario Kart and you're trying to like skid the car around the corner going as fast as you can and make those like little orange letter E's. You know, everybody else who was an undergrad in the early 2000s knows what I'm talking about. I played way too much Mario Kart. <laughs> so that's my perception of what drifting is. Is like you're going as fast as you can and you're sort of in controlled uncontrol, for lack of a better <laughs> term. But in terms of plot, I got nothing. I think... Paul Walker was the original star, and I think he just makes you a see him this cameo one? in this. I don't think he's even in this one. Okay. I can't um, even tell you the cast of this damn movie. Okay, so I'm going to make a wild guess on yeah, what I'm pretty sure it. the plot is. Okay, so I think that, <laughs> and I've never seen any of these movies, so here's the deal. Fast and Furious has become some kind of an A-team style crime-fighting team of some sort um, that's has become world-renowned in criminal undergrounds. Hear me out. So, like, somebody is maybe, like, an innocent delivery boy, or they have, like, a brother whose sister is dating, like, a gangster. Somehow, some innocent enough dude hears enough of this gang, but then also um, maybe his sister, maybe his cat, maybe his favorite pizza delivery boy is in peril. And the only thing that he can think of to save his beloved of whatever nature is to find a fast car and be furious be furious because they probably okay so the gang is probably also involved in street racing and so he is oh, going to yeah, best yeah, them yeah, in yeah. their sport and maybe win some prize money probably okay. um and maybe win their hearts yeah mm. of course i mean um, at least the hearts of the audience and then it all happens in tokyo um and then i don't know i think i've somehow found a way to meld cannonball run yeah the double the double dragon nintendo series and the a team together and i am very confident in my prediction yeah so i don't know do i predict as well um yeah. i can make a wild guess i so, mean if you can top that go for it but so, i think it's pretty good yeah, yeah so so greg uh, you you've listened to our episodes but like we try we're trying to take a stab at what we think the plot is about and then we like grade ourselves on how terribly we predicted it so I like the idea of, you know, someone gets into, into a scrape and they need the, the car thief ring to bail them out because, <laughs> you know, car thieves are also great at all sorts of espionage skills. You don't know what 911 does. But I don't think it's countries. like a, a, wanted, a wanted ad situation where someone's like, dear Fast and Furious crew, my aunt, <laughs> Like, I think it's always like one of them or their sister or their niece or their 
no good Nick nephew. I think it's like always somebody in their life who gets maybe one of them had a foreign exchange student from Tokyo when he was in high school, and then like the letters like back and forth gave just gave them ideas on how to solve this problem. Yeah, so it's it's going to be somebody they know, and for some reason they have to go to Tokyo. But I don't I don't even know. All right, I think we should also in this case take a guess at who the hell is even the star of Tokyo Drift? Who is in this? Because I'm fairly confident that Paul Walker makes a cameo. And Vin Diesel's the other guy. Is Vin Diesel? I have this? no. Well, you can't comment because you've seen this. No, no, no. Um, I honestly don't remember though. Right there. And, and believe it or not, this movie, uh, the plot didn't stick with me for. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, yeah. Um, I don't even know what. So I think in the original one that they they were like racing for papers, i.e., like ownership papers of the cars. And I'm assuming like part of that is present in Tokyo Drift, but some of them are racing against people in Tokyo because they need to win for some reason to I set like, mana free. Or I feel I like know. somehow espionage is involved in it. Um, right. Absolutely. I yeah, this is like the most plank I've ever gotten yeah. to see in a movie. Like I have this like weird knack of knowing about movies, even though I've never seen them, like knowing who's in it and knowing about more or less what it's about. And this, my, I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. This, I mean, it's our, our horizons are about to be broadened. Yeah. To Tokyo. Absolutely. <laughs> but I looked it up and we were talking about blockbusters and fast and furious chain is the 10th highest franchise like ever, you know? So just a little bit lower than Harry Potter, star Wars, Marvel, etc. There are so many of them, though. Because, yeah, like, there are... Like, I feel like it should be higher up than 10 just because there are, like, There's so many, 45 think, of them. And I think that's why it is so high. Like, this franchise is more lucrative than Jurassic Park or Batman or um, the Transformers series, which made mm. stupid money. Um, more lucrative than Pirates of the Caribbean or the Mission Impossible series for some reason. And I think it's just because there are so many of them. Like, <laughs> Greg, quick quiz uh can you name all the fast and furious oh. movies like can you even like give us a number because i can't i i certainly can't we're on like eight now right eight is, is <laughs> i don't know there's the theater they're doing knows. spin-offs yeah, this is, yeah, in the, weird the ways and so and yeah the, something like that the one with the rock and who's it jason it's jason's oh. yeah it's like the spin-off that's coming out summer 2019 where when we're recording this i think um, the, the the marketing for this series is genius though because american you know red-blooded males apparently love racing you know they love cars and you know there's a huge like nascar do you like cars yeah yeah i mean oh yeah and those do you like fighting yeah yeah those type of guys (laughs) like big muscles and girls with big boobs and oh yeah explosions and yeah I i think they they it's kind of like an evil dead thing where you know, the first one was like, no, we're, this is this is serious. We're doing this. And, yeah. And then they took a step back and, oh, no, that's ridiculous. Let's make fun of ourselves now. You know? I feel like this is just a roundabout way of Greg saying what we're all thinking. Why don't we have a live action Mario Kart movie? Ooh. Right? Yeah. Hey, don't. OK, let's let's not send this out because <laughs> you're going to want to patent that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Patent pending. Make money. Patent pending. I already have. So okay. it's my legal property and I will sue Michael Bay if he tries making this movie without giving me a billion dollars. The one thing that I've always thought about the Fast and the Furious franchise apart from, well, I'll never see any of those (laughs) is I'm always kind of impressed with the makeup of the cast members. You know, this sort of movie, you know, like the the red blooded, like testosterone pumping action flick, you'd think it'd be like 
white muscle guys all the time, but no, you got like The Rock and you got Finn. Oh, that's cool. And Michelle Rodriguez. Is Michelle in Rodriguez is a recurring character. Like there are like, and I think Tyrese. Tyrese is in this one. Yes, oh, this I is got the one he's in. Okay, I think this is the one with Tyrese Gibson. Um, and they're going to Tokyo, so presumably there will be people of Asian descent in this one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Scarlett Johansson may find her. Yeah, face Scarlett to Johansson it. is yeah. playing all the roles <laughs> in, in this evening's presentation. <laughs> um, but yeah, like my thought of it, it, like it is a great casting in that um, the theme behind Fast and the Furious, uh, from what I know, is that family is kind of like who you make of it. Like it, it can be like your sibling or your nephew or whomever. But like a lot of this is like they stick together because like they are each other's chosen family. And it's great that like your chosen family doesn't have to look like you, doesn't have to like have yeah. your exact same demographics. It's like, no, this person gets me and I get them. They just have to have your back in a car battle. Yeah. And you know, when you're soaring 50 stories up in the air from tower to tower, cause I'm, that has to happen, right? I'm it guessing. Totally happens. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're going to go and watch fast and furious Tokyo drift and maybe be fast and furious dudes maybe we'll love it and be like we are all in on this franchise this podcast is now nothing but a fast and furious review yeah. oh and muscle t-shirts and yes i'm gonna be drinking a monster energy drink right. oh, next yeah, episode be, yep. because we are a podcast and you can't actually see us yes we all have the physiques to wear muscle shirts and nothing else. <laughs> so, so many ads in this room right now <laughs> yeah all right so we are off and we'll see you in a bit bye Hey guys, we're back and we have made a terrible mistake. Uh, this is probably a low point in the podcast so far. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. That was very tasteful. Very, <laughs> very, very subtle. Very uh, elegant. You know, <laughs> when I go to my salon readings with my yes. cultured friends, we often talk about yes. Tokyo Drift. We not, had not sexist at all. All no. our preconceived no. notions were, you know, <laughs> it was pro-feminist. It was very me too. <laughs> Hashtag me too. There were no weird racial like stereotypes. No, no it was just, no. it was a... It was a movie that somebody chose to make. Yeah, very progressive. I yep, yep. Um, wow. Okay. Well, let's jump into it. <laughs> so it starts off with the main character uh, who. Okay. So at one point, I wrote down this is all fucking terrible, but especially the main actor's accent. Uh, apparently, that's his actual speaking voice, kind of. Everything I've seen this guy in, like that's how he talks. Like he talks like with the thickest Southern American accent you're gonna find. Oh my god! Okay, he doesn't he doesn't close his mouth either. He's a, and he's, he's got much a mouth breather. He's a mouth breather, but he's also got like weird teeth. Yeah. and a weird face. Like he was, I think, yeah. 24 <laughs> and a weird face when this was yeah. filmed. And it's like that's oh, a rough 24. Yeah. No, like, yeah, Fast I look- and Furious like kind of employs like the the knife's edge balance between like pretty boys. And kind of like bad boys. And this guy was neither of those things. No. He was not pretty and he wasn't really bad. Like tough on the eyes, tough on the <laughs> eyes, like but, and the ears. But, yeah. And the, the ears. Yeah. But like not compelling, like not smooth, not suave, like not good to talk with. Like 
This guy had nothing going on for him, and he's the protagonist, and I yeah. couldn't get over and that. And he was apparently like 16 in the movie. Okay, so it starts off with um, in high school. Okay, and, and Josh, quick quiz. Like, what's this? What's the character's name? What is the protagonist's name? So, when I got bored halfway through the movie and looked, turned to Wikipedia, I found out his <laughs> name was Sean. Because I don't think they announced it for yeah. quite some time. Yeah, we were just supposed to know that, yeah. oh, it's Sean. You yeah. care about Sean. And so, Sean, and the second I saw him, I'm like, how old is he? Because this grown-ass <laughs> man is not playing a teenager. <laughs> Right, and then like it took me so long to finally be like, oh my god, he's not an undercover cop. This he's actually supposed to be like a high school student. He's not there to pick up his kids. Yeah. So anyway, he um he starts the movie off by making a bunch of blonde rich teenagers angry, and then has to go to Tokyo as a result. That's basically it, right? Well, I mean, we'll, we can unpack that a little okay. bit. Like he apparently moves from city to city with yeah. single mom because he always gets in trouble and when he does mom picks up and they move to another town yeah and there's this kind of overriding theme that women are basically just currency in this movie so like the the blonde teenager is like it's a blonde girl and her boyfriend and whoever won the race won her and then the mom comes and in. And she volunteers this information. Yeah. I want to... The, the winner gets dramatic pause. Me. Me. Yeah. Right. Um, and then luckily the mom came in and flirted her way. She somehow flirted the kid out of like some pretty severe charges. So... Yeah. Like property damage. Like endangerment of other people during this first drag race. Possibly attempted manslaughter. Yeah. Like serious, serious charges. Which of course like the white kids get off on. Or the, the rich white kids get off the on. Because kids. they're rich. From the right side of the track. Yup, yup, yup. But this kid... <laughs> Gets the book thrown at him, but somehow off screen, mom wrangles a deal that, well, maybe if he moves out of the country, you can just drop all the charges and the police are apparently, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, so these Mayberry ass police are like, <laughs> cool. <Right>. So then, <laughs> so then young, young Sean um, has to go to Tokyo where, Okay, so, like, eventually Vonnegut's his father because just he shows up at this random man's door um, who's wearing a Navy shirt. So, apparently, he's in the Navy. Later on, he's wearing an Army shirt. He's also in the Army. <laughs> but um, then he's in the Navy shirt again. Yeah. He, he, my, he's got a lot of jobs. <laughs> he, has got a, he has got a growing teenager to take care of. He well, now he does. Had to pick up that second job. So, yeah, he's living with his dad in... In Tokyo. Tokyo. And so, okay, I want to pause here and say, like, this is where the whole motif of, like, it's really fresh Prince Tokyo Drift comes into play. <laughs> oh, hardcore. So, like, the guy gets in trouble and his mom is basically, like, I'm sending you to live with your auntie and uncle, un uncle in Tokyo, yeah. not, not Bel Air. And this is awesome, you guys. Like, it's supposed to be, like, such... A, like, downtrodden male's like, oh, can you believe what a raw deal I got? I got to not go to jail. I got to move to fucking Tokyo. I got to be the tallest person in the goddamn city. I got to move away from the sticks and the hicks and my mom, who I kind of hate. I'm like, this is awesome. Why he is this presented as punishment? He had every opportunity to start over again and live his best Sarah Connor life. Right. It's like, <laughs> it, yeah, of course, it's back to the Terminator where it's presenting Sarah Connor as this poor sad sack. Isn't it terrible that such and such is happening? And really, in a 2019 perspective, it's like, no, this shit is great. He you got the Jackson on his scooter with his goddamn pet iguana by yeah. himself. And, and he, he just chose not to do it. He chucks that. Fucks it up and starts driving a stupid oh! car. Oh, that one thing, the one thing you're not supposed to do. Uh, so, spoiler child. alert, it's about drifting, which for those of you who don't know, it's basically fancy parallel parking Okay, while you're driving. I feel justified in my description of it 
comparing it to Mario Kart, where you're going around yeah. the tight turns. Like, is and it e-braking? Is that what like they call it? It's like controlled, like yeah. non-control. Yeah. It's like you're braking and you're skidding. Yeah. So so I, I think they did this on Mythbusters. They actually tested Ooh. like whether or not... It's an effective method. Yeah. And I'm sorry to spoil this movie for you. <laughs> no. But it's totally not. It's much better just to go around the goddamn corner like a normal person. <laughs> just turn your steering wheel. It's much more effective. Or than... you could just drive straight and not yeah. turn every, like, Well, like when they're, when they're uh, slaloming down the highway yeah. between cars and they could have just gone straight <laughs> like that. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Absolutely. No. So... Well, so Sean is doing a lot of things, apparently. So he moves to Tokyo for a fresh start and immediately gets in with the wrong crowd. And you know who the wrong crowd is? People with cars. And poor Bow Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So Bow Wow, he's such a bad (laughs) element. (laughs) So little Bow Wow shows up (laughs) and for some reason is like... Selling a bunch of random shit to everybody in this Japanese high school. Hey, he's like respect the hustle. He is hustling. He's like making money. I guess he's like, like the 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 red of Shawshank Redemption. Uh, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So you know, Sean is like, no, I don't want to buy those sneakers. I don't want to buy a cell phone. And then he sees a random steering wheel that is in Bow Wow's pack and is like, tell me about that. <laughs> um, so Bow Wow does what everybody does. Takes him to his The Incredible Hulk pimped out car and is like, I need to show you around town. Um, by the way, all of this is a hop, skip, and a jump away from porn. Like, mm-hmm. like every situation is presented like kind of like an intro to a bow, chicka, bow, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's like, you don't know. And everything is said very inten- intensely, of course. And everything mm. is presented uh, in these kind of pseudo-orient mysticism words of wisdom slash fortune cookie nuggets. <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, gazing into each other's eyes kind of thing. So a little Bow Wow takes him to the underground drifting thing in some sort of parking ramp. Yeah. So I guess drifting is theoretically... Good because if you're going around these tight corners, like one encounters in parking ramps, or in you know the the ultimate scene, the, the ultimate drag race, like going around the, this hill with a lot of switchbacks, a lot of tight turns. Theoretically, and I use this very, I, I stress this very, very highly. Theoretically, drifting would make sense. Like, theoretically, like in real life, when you're whipping <laughs> through the target parking ramp at 70 miles per hour, <laughs> you do need to drift occasionally. Theoretically, <laughs> yes. So yeah, he meets the. Okay, I just need to stop and just. I did write down, stop trying to make fetch a thing. It's not going to be a thing. Okay, and fetch here means... Fetch is drifting. Stop trying to make drifting (laughs) a thing. It's not going to be a thing. They keep trying to make it a thing. I feel like it's not a thing. But maybe it is. I don't know. I've never been sent to Tokyo as an adult to pretend like I'm a teenager. Um, (laughs) Either way, he meets DK, otherwise known as the Drift King. Um, That is the character's name. That's the character's name. Spoiler alert, he is related to the Yakuza. Um, also the Drift King does have a girlfriend that is basically then becomes the new currency, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's the only non-Asian woman, so she's the one right. of interest. Right. Well, she's yeah. half Australian, half Japanese. Oh, did that come out? Yep. Ah. Yep. Um, she, is she, I think she's like I, Peruvian in real life though. Oh, not, yeah. She didn't all really yeah. Japanese. No, she wasn't. Yeah. So, so Sean befriends all of the round eyes that he can find, uh, <laughs> But all of the native Japanese people are bad. They're bad. Obviously. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're really good at drifting. So right. uh, they go on a race. It's not even a race. They're just like 
spinning around. Like he he drift races DK for no real reason. Like never is it conveyed what the stakes are, why they are racing, what the course is like, what the rules of drifting are. And of course that is a a repeated motif that we'll see again and again. Never is it explained, you know, like, why are we doing this? Like, what do you get out of winning? So another random 42 year old, 16 year old is like, I want to give the new guy a car and see what he can do. So then they have the drift race with DK for again, literally no reason. Um, and Southern guy crashes and doesn't burn, but like crashes repeatedly. Yeah, he doesn't do great. So then, oh God, what even happens then? Yeah. Okay. Some stuff like, so then he owes the guy who lent him the car oh. and the guy has him run errands, i.e. collect money from sumo wrestlers. And yeah. Spas. So then to pay him back, he's pulls up in a car and he's like, there's one way you can pay me back. And he gets in. <laughs> Again. So then they pull up to a Japanese bathhouse and he's like, there is a man with a paw tattoo that I need you to get money from inside. So he goes in there in a towel and comes up on these large Japanese man with a bear tattoo. <laughs> um, and again, is like, you owe my friend money. So, well, they have sex off screen like twice, <laughs> but then they come back from that scene and uh, he gets thrown out of the bathhouse for some reason, fully dressed. And for some reason, the sumo guy gives him the money anyway. And like, then he he beats the shit out of the southern guy, and, he's, and but he pays up his money anyway. He was dressed. I totally missed that. All at yeah. once. Like, he goes That's into the Japanese bath. His, yeah. clothes, his clothes came back, back on. on. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. And because of the good, sex. Good co- well, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, <laughs> so then the... And then his new uh, patron introduces him to the high school brothel scene, where he actually says, don't touch him, ladies, he's underage, and of course they continue to touch him, because, oh, it's totally fine. So that's how models are, right. as soon as a below-average man walks through the door, yes. they, they grow him, that's yeah. how it is. That is what in all their, straight white men deserve. In their defense, that dude looked like he was at least 34, and I'm being <laughs> super generous yeah. on that Nobody age. would convict them. No, no. <laughs> nobody would ever assume that he was a wink under 26. Again, suits um, generous. So anyway, um, I guess then he gets so, a car. He randomly, he's like, so you his, represent me now, Sean. Pick out a random car. Again, for literally no reason. And his patron te- teaches him how to drift for, again, no reason. Yeah, there's not really a reason to know how to drift. It's just... Other than you know he's going to have to drift race at the end of the movie. Because it's called Tokyo Drift. Right. Han is perfectly capable of... I mean, he's a great racer. Why is he starting from scratch with Sean? Yeah, and you, you and pointed it's Han out. and Sean also. It is. Like that out. Speaking of people who are great at drifting but don't do it, so eventually Sean ends up, again for no reason, running away from his dad's house and quitting school. Um, but he I don't d- think he quits school. Well, the reason I think so is because the love interest is in school and he is not. Uh, and he sends her a random text message or message on the computer saying, why don't you ever drift? No, he was in school. Yeah, he was. was he in school? Okay. And she says, because you never asked me. So then they go on a romantic <laughs> date where they're having like all this talk in the car. But during the middle of it, she's driving. And during this te- deep conversation, she is whipping the steering wheel back and forth. <laughs> and you just hear, like in the middle of like her heartfelt origin yeah, story. She's yes. pouring out her heart to the sky and drifting up the mountain, up a mountain. at the same time. They, you know, they, they said 
people told them that they couldn't do a romantic drifting scene, and they proved everyone wrong. No, that was the <laughs> least. I, them. I feel like that was the least erotic portion of the movie was the actual date. Right between the man and the woman, like the male female love interests, like that was the least erotic. Absolutely, hands like, down. Because everything else was like this super sexually charged, like glaring in each other's eyes, you know, chests heaving kind of thing between like the male protagonist, antagonist, side piece, like literally like all of the male characters. And I am including Navy dad in this as well. Yeah. Oh, there was some hardcore undertones of like, before we found out it was his dad. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, so then, okay. I did also write down, are there no straight roads in Tokyo? Because you do not see a car that does not drift. They ha- they've mastered this three fourths of an angle of the car, but you see the car straight on because it's drifting out diagonally of the side of the road. Um, so then it's just more drifting for a while. And then you find out that Han, um, is business partners with the main villain. Does the villain have a name? Uh, DK. DK. Oh, that's right. DK. So DK. Okay. DK's Yakuza uncle played by Sonny Chiba. Sonny Chiba. Um, so (laughs) Sonny Chiba shows up and, um, apparently he's been looking through the family books um, not like a photo album or anything, but like actual like business books and is like, Hey, your business partner is embezzling from me. So DK does what anyone does. He starts crying and drifts off to go find <laughs> to exact some revenge. Right. But like the target of his revenge is kind of scattershot. You know, he goes mm-hmm. up against Han, uh, and they drift race. They, 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 they drift fight. As I said, when we watched them. Yeah. And but he also is going up against Sean, and Sean is riding with, and her name is Neela. Uh, I found later on who yeah. had been dating DK, and maybe still was dating DK. And we that also we also don't know like okay, Han is clearly also grown, or um, DK is clearly like a grown ass man, probably like pushing late forties, but is dating allegedly a high school. Is he supposed to be a high schooler, or was he just like a crime dude who unclear? Okay, unclear. unclear. Can, I mean, can I can I ask one question uh-huh. at this point? Ooh. Now that we've met all the characters, uh-huh. who are the good guys? in this movie um because so sean <laughs> at the beginning of the movie uh there's a kid being bullied they're mm-hmm. they're spraying his stuff yep. sean puts the wrench down turns around and does nothing just walks away He's, as you were yeah neela did you say her name was neela okay. yep she is uh dating a yakuza junior member yep. uh perfectly okay with all his illegal activities yep and then cheats on him with sean Right. I don't know if it's so much. She I mean, doesn't really do. She's. I mean, she's not. She's having an emotional I, affair. I would. I would. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. I she's would not actually allowed to be a character on her own, though. Like all yeah. she does is kind of just. She's right. there for the other characters to fight the, over. The so. male yeah. when she follows the male. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. I, I mean, I guess Lil Bow Wow is. Okay. I could. I could. He's, he's not actively bad, but I wouldn't say I would root for him either. Okay. Yeah, because most characters don't actually have any action or storyline, so, like, he's just selling iPods because this movie was made in 2006. Like, he's a Navy brat, and he's stuck in Tokyo for the time being, and he's trying to make the best of it. And he loves the Hulk so much, you guys. (laughs) I mean, other than that, like, I would say, like, the, the, the hero or, like, the best character in this movie was actually Sean's mom, who it's implied kind of, like, you know, like, kind of does things to get Sean out of trouble. Like, for real. Sean sucks. Like, for real. Whatever she does, she gets him out of, like, 
15 felonies. So, so that's, that's the bond between Sean and Neela is both of their moms were basically prostitutes. Right? Oh, oh yeah. And Neela's sob story, we find out that her mom was a prostitute who died when she was like three. Yeah, or something. Or ten, it was unclear. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't and matter. At DK, at some point, it's like you would be just like your mom if it weren't for me. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, eh, okay. So let's cut through a lot of the story because it makes because no there's sense. no story. Basically, the climax is uh, Yakuza uh, agrees to a drift race between Yakuza Junior, his nephew. And Sean, whose screen name I do need to point out is Bama Boy, uh, as in Alabama. Um, and they're racing to end the beef. But what the beef is about is doesn't make any sense. Like, no. I don't even know, because the Southern guy has paid back the money that was embezzled. And the guy who did the embezzling is now dead, mm-hmm. was yeah. like killed in a race. I don't know what the There's argument is. There's no actual problem or conflict to be solved. But okay, we're, we're going to resolve everything in this last race. So it's Yakuza Jr., a.k.a. DK, and Sean from the South. And DK picks this mountain. And you know it's his mountain. Like, he picked it for a reason. So clearly DK is trying to push Sean off the mountain and, like, into a ravine or off, like, a 5,000-foot drop. So he dies. And uh, spoiler alert, the opposite happens. Yeah. Um, one of the characters makes a, the claim, DK is the only one who's ever made it down the mountain. That's not Mark fucking Mark true. Mark Somebody Mark else has <laughs> gone down the mountain. Yeah. And then also they all have sex. Um, so, right. yeah, that happens. And then Sean goes up to the Yakuza boss and he's like, hey, I just about killed your nephew. I won the race because they were racing too. Um I win, right? And I think the Yakuza boss was just like, I don't fucking care. There's no conflict. He's basically like, you don't owe me anything. At the very end, they're back in the the garage. And the cameo, I was incorrect. It was not Paul Walker. It was. Oh, it was Vin Diesel. Also, this is like super setting up for like a hardcore sex scene. Oh, my God. Absolutely. So Vin (laughs) Diesel shows up in this like muscle American car. And like Sean like leans over to him and says. Yeah, he's like, I didn't know Sean liked American muscle. Oh yeah, because like he knew Han, the the patron who then died in the middle of this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't know Han liked American muscle. It's like he did if he had enough time, or like something like he that. Did he did when he was rolling with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> uh, that, oh. that was the most okay. Vin Diesel and what's it, Lucas Black? Yeah, that's the two right. of them together was the most wooden combined performance I've ever seen in my life. It was just. Just such bad acting. I feel like Vin Diesel was Lucas Black's acting coach. And that is saying something, because Vin Diesel (laughs) is terrible. He's stretching himself just saying, I am Groot. So so the reason that he was in this movie, um, because I got so bored and I don't care about drifting, so I started looking up facts about this movie. Um, Apparently the only reason he agreed to be in this movie was because this movie, Shocker, did not do well with test audiences. So they're like, (laughs) hey, let's just throw Vin Diesel in here. And Vin Diesel's like, fine, I will be in this movie for three seconds if you give me all the rights to the Riddick movies. So uh, you're welcome, Riddick fans. All right, so we've recapped the plot. Are there any specific things that we want Um, to talk about plot-wise? I do want to talk about the time travel Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, so um, according to Wikipedia and IMDb, so it's got to be accurate, apparently, so this movie is made in 2006. 
But the movie actually took place in the future in 2013 because the character of Han, even though he was killed in this movie, he was then in a bunch of other Fast and Furious movies. And so the only way to, that this makes sense is for the producers to have been like, oh no, this movie took place in the future. Well, that kind of makes sense because I wanted to talk about the technology in this in this movie. Oh, the flip phones that were live streaming, yes. <laughs> the flip phones that were live streaming that uh, the Japanese classroom Every student had like a very thin laptop, and they were instant messaging. Um, all, all, yeah, all the cell phones, like, and it, it sort of bordered on the like wishful thinking in terms of technology and the ludicrous. Like, oh, this is not possible. This like, yeah, can't oh, happen. Wait, is ludicrous in one of the movies too? By the way, yes. I think he does show up. Yeah, he becomes family at some point. Good call. Good call. Yeah. I think I think you're giving them too much credit with the time traveling because I think that was completely an afterthought. I'm positive, like two months after it wrapped, they're like, uh, you could, let's just say it was in 2013. Yeah, you could you could not tell that by watching this movie that it's, this takes place in the future. I think they thought, hey, this uh, Sung Kang was, was really great. Let's bring him back. How do we do that? Uh, let's make that last movie be in the future. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. Fine. And also, so Song Kang is a Korean American. Do you think that was? You think that was a conscious decision to have him? Because I feel like his backstory was kind of rough. Like, oh, this is my Mexico or whatever. I think they thought. Oh, we're making an Asian movie. Let's get this Asian guy. I oh, think it's exactly oh, wait, that. He's Korean. Uh, crap. Let's give him a story. Let, yeah. yeah. Let's give him 30 seconds of character development so we can <laughs> just have a reason. I, I wish I could have been in the room when they when they made that discovery, though. They're like halfway through filming and some guy walks up and they're like, hey, you, you know that guy's Korean, right? You know he's not like, Japanese, shit? right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I think we sort of touched on at the very beginning, like the treatment of women as currency, mm. as Josh always says, like mm-hmm. there is no female character in this that is, that escapes that, that no. problem. So there is one female character that actually does, her storyline has more to do with just being won by a man and they don't give her a name. So I started calling her Anne. So <laughs> out of nowhere, this high school student named Anne um, let Sean know that Bow Wow was being fought on a rooftop for selling a defective iPad or iPod 2006. Uh-huh. Um, and then she fixes a car and then she, she does something else. She's, in it, like, she's at times. the races. She's at the races. And she's at the high school brothel, but not as one of the girls. No. She's one of the guys because she's cool. Girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she has value, unlike the other women. Right. If there's any justice, they'll give poor Anna a spinoff and her actual name. You know, <laughs> and you know why she has value. She has value because she has no dialogue. None whatsoever. She yelled yay once. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, she finally got a line. Oh, no, but she's just screaming yay. All right, cool. I mean, and when, you, like, Sean first shows up in the doorstep of his dad, like, dad is basically escorting a escort out of yeah. his place. Like, it's like, Oh, I just rented some female companionship yeah. for the evening. I thought you were coming tomorrow. Uh, and it's oddly shameful. Yeah. This movie is very, <laughs> but presented it as like, Oh, like the shame of the woman. No, it's very like, it was like the woman's fault. For right. some reason. Yeah. No, yeah. This, this franchise is very shameful of sex work and very shame. As I think probably pop culture was quite a bit more shameful in 2006. Of, but also super shameful of women in general, of female sexuality. Yeah. Oh man! Oh man! Brings me to the, my favorite line of the movie, which was, "Have you been racing again, Sean?" By Sean's dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sean comes home a bit late, yep. and his alcoholic father has alcoholic 
prostitute-banging father uh, gives him a little mini-intervention and says, have you been racing again, Sean? (laughs) Because Sean showed up later than 0700 hours. You guys, this movie was so bad, I kind of don't want to even talk about it anymore and just skip right to the awards. Is that cool with everyone? Yeah. All right. Um, I've, I've, I've watched this movie twice now, you guys. I'm oh my sad. god, that's I'm right. Sorry. You have seen this movie Two times. This is not how I saw my life going. <laughs> I'm ready to be done with it. <laughs> okay, okay. So every episode, uh, we have a few awards starting with... Well, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's do the How Could You Award. You know, okay. somebody who is, like just really shit the bed on, uh-huh. on this movie. You know, whether like acting or like behind the scenes. Who just really messed up? Um, and we'll start with our very special guest star. I think it's the wh- whoever came up with the women's roles in this movie and decided to treat them as just complete objects, just you know, no, no value. It just fails every feminist test in the books. It's it's just or any standard of like decency. Right. Like it's not even <laughs> right, right? Yes, I mean, yeah, I mean the women aren't even two dimensional. No, like, they're yeah. so poorly sketched. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, it's terrible. So, like, basically everybody was how could you, um, everybody who agreed to be in it. I did have a little bit of a special how could you for Bow Wow. His Ooh. character was, like, super... Okay, so, like, around 2006 time, like, Bow Wow had a couple of things going on. Um, he had a music career. He was in a TV series for a while. Um, and this one, he was the pesky dude who loved the Hulk that got his ass kicked on a roof. For selling a defective iPod. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of feel like he probably had a bit more clout at the time than his character actually warranted. And also literally everybody who agreed to be in this film, who wrote this film, who did anything on this film, get out, could you, from <laughs> me, I guess. I really thought you were going to say drifting. Drifting gets my how could you award <laughs> because stop it. The only thing I'm not, the only yeah thing I'm not upset with is the abstract concept of drifting. Wow. Because it doesn't actually have any conscience and did not agree to be in this movie of its own religion. <laughs> All right. My How Could You Award kind of uh, reflects on your guys' theme. Like, I gave it to screenwriter Chris Morgan, and I had to look this dude up. Like, apparently he's written a chunk of these Fast and Furious movies. For me, like, there were so many egregious problems with this movie, like, in terms of the script. Like, there's the continuity that didn't make sense. Like, oh, yeah, Sean will get out of all of his felony charges if he only moves to Japan. Like, <laughs> in what world does that make sense? You know, or, like, who is this character's name? We didn't know the protagonist's name <laughs> until halfway through the movie. Um, but the worst, the worst, the worst of it were these terrible little one-liners that were supposed to be, that were presented as like words of wisdom and you'd see the characters kind of nod knowingly like, oh yes, that's so deep. And the worst one for me is like at the very beginning when he's racing the, the two blonde rich kids, he's like, she's like, is that your ride? And he's like, it's not the ride. It's the ride. And I... Oh, it's the writer. It's the writer. It's the writer. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. It's stupid. It's so stupid. It's like what I call fortune cookie wisdom. You know, it's like they're just opening these things up and expecting them to be like really deep. Like, And after you, they get to Tokyo, they start playing Asian wind, woodwind instruments behind them, which is kind of offensive. Yeah. No, no, they do. I've been to Asia. They do that. They, they just happen. They just pipe that through the streets. Yep. Yeah, I mean, none of it made any sense, and everyone just kind of like went, oh, yeah, like, these <laughs> were the 
most pithy sayings they've ever heard in their lives, and yeah. it just drove me crazy. So, all right, let's let's do it in reverse order. So, you're the real hero award. Uh, I am gonna go with uh, Sonny Chiba. I oh. think he was the the best actor in this movie, which is not difficult. <laughs> Low bar. Also, I think he went into this uh, realizing that it's going to be a ridiculous piece of shit <laughs> and it's not going to make any sense. Uh, so, so I'm going to, you know, my very first scene, I'm going to dress like a Panamanian, uh, drug. Yep. Good call. Lord. Yeah. Yep. It's like, it doesn't make sense, but neither does this movie. I think, I think that was his philosophy. Let's just go so, all in. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Real hero, Sonny Chiba. All right. So I have got a very heroic real hero. Um, at some point randomly, because it hadn't been brought up before, um, Sean then goes to the Yakuza boss, for some reason, and tells him he has a solution to the problem that he has been having with Sean and DK. There's been no problem with the cute Yakuza boss for Sean and DK. But he presents this entire argument in Japanese. He didn't know Japanese, but he <laughs> did attend one day of Japanese high school. In that one day, some amazing teacher taught him <laughs> Japanese. So, the real hero of this for me is that fantastic Japanese teacher. You were doing God's work, sir, sir or madame. <laughs> and it's been mentioned uh, earlier in our conversation, but my You're the Real Hero Award, because it is so over the top, kind of similar to Greg's take on Sonny Chiba, because this went balls in, why the hell not, let's go crazy, romantic drifting montage. <laughs> it's so insane. They're like drifting along these switchbacks up and down the mountain while the, the love interest is like laying her heart out about my mom is a prostitute and now that's why I'm in Japan. <laughs> you know, and like and then you look and there's like four other cars just kind of silently drifting behind their car. It was so over the top and I loved it. I love I agree. I love that it made no sense yep. and it was so extreme I'm like okay that if there's a whole movie of this this movie would improve a thousand percent absolutely oh god okay well at very last we have got the whiskey rating so how we do it around here if you remember is one through five whiskeys how many whiskeys did it take you to get through this movie um, I'm gonna start for me it took all five of those whiskeys to get through this terrible movie Greg, how many whiskeys did it take you to get through this so, terrible movie? So many whiskeys. <laughs> I've, I've seen it twice, so can I say ten? <laughs> Greg is now too drunk to drift home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, and same five. Fives across the board, friends. So many whiskeys. Okay, well, um, we all need to sober up and go drift around the parking lot for a while, I feel like. So, um, this has been Well, I Never, and I think, well, we're never going to watch this piece of shit again, so... Yeah, you're probably any in this franchise, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, everyone, for bearing with us as we bared through this movie. And thank you for, to Greg for being our special Golf very first-time guest Golf and for watching class. this terrible movie. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. <laughs> thank, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right, everyone who's listening, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.